Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Port Charles 411. Today we are finishing Maxi Jones. This was fun to watch because I kind of sort of remembered all of it, but just to relive it. it was I like, didn't watch a single moment. You didn't watch a single moment? Oh, nope. I didn't watch a ton, I, but I tried to hit like the main spots and I yep. was like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. There's a lot of time that it wasn't like our Maxie playing Maxie because this was yes, during the time that she was taking the breaks for maternity health. leave and health issues and yeah. stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember now, but I don't think I had remembered originally because it wasn't our Maxie, but right. then seeing it play out, I was like, oh, okay. Well, then so, you're going to have to fill me in on when things like that happen, stuff that you have to watch. Yes. Because I just, I didn't, before I knew it, it was Saturday and I was like, uh, it's not happening now. So okay, I figured not going to do it if I'm not going to do it well. There you go. Yep. So we kind of dipped a little bit in. So last week we did take a little short detour and talked about her godfather who passed away, Sean Donnelly. And we have gotten a few responses. <gasps> so maybe we'll just do, I don't think we have enough to do like a full one of him yet. Okay. Or another full one of her yet. Guys, you can change this. Right. But if not, write us in. We can do them. them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, maybe that's something we could do every now and again if we don't get enough filler. Right. Or not filler, but like, um, things to fill in the gaps. Yeah. We can at least. Half and half. Got it. Yeah. Especially in this case where they are related. Right. There's a it's connection not just with them. Yeah. two completely separate characters. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So we did slip in a little bit into 2011. We ended last week talking about when Lisa Niles was causing all that blah, blah, blah with Robin and Patrick and all that. I forgot how much I didn't like her. I did watch Lisa couple, Niles. Yes. A couple minutes of that um, because there was the crash on the way to the ski resort uh-huh. that Maxie and all them were in. And 
Matt had broke his arm and Lisa was an orthopedic surgeon. So she was like, mm. here all. And Maxie went off. You are not going to touch him. I know you're psychotic. You're such a jerkball. And I was like, oh, yes. Well, she plays the psychotic real well because she also played a woman with some kind of a psychosis on the remake of Dynasty. Oh, okay. So I'm sitting there watching it. It's on Netflix right now. Watch it. Okay. It's, it's only three seasons. I understand why it ended. But the first couple, I was like, why did the show end? When you get to the end, you're like, okay, I understand why the show did not get renewed. Oh, okay. All right. I'll have Which to really check it. Stinks, out. But it's stinks. Th- yeah, that would be a fun character. There's a play, lot though. of Desperate Housewives people in it, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yep. have to watch it then. It was good. So we ended last week where, I guess, Spinelli had just come out of his Jackal P.I., mm-hmm. whatever um, it was. After a few months, Spinelli goes back to normal, which makes Maxie happy, even though she's dating Ma- Matt. In fall 2011, Max Matt asked Maxie to go to a party on a boat with him, but he says no. She says no. He then asks Liz, and she says yes. Maxie's annoyed. Liz and Matt grow closer. So in order to get Liz fired from GH, she turns her in for stealing drugs. Liz gets fired, and Matt breaks up with Maxie. In order to get Matt back, she says that she lied, but it is unknown if Liz will get her job back. How many times has Liz... Was his job been in jeopardy? I don't know, a whole bunch. But I forgot that Maxie and Lucky became friends at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was fun to watch because um, when she's talking about, when it's talking about Matt and Liz like hanging out and stuff, Lucky is home and trying to help make life better for Liz because she has been in so much stress or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Maxie comes over and decorates their house for Christmas with all this leftover stuff from Crimson. Aww. And her and and lucky talk about it so she really does try to make amends once she realizes when she's done wrong yes so it was nice she did complain about matt and elizabeth and said something about matt's just a man and so when a woman gets her claws in him and i was like no maxie no you can't say that stop it but it was cute to see the friendship between her and lucky especially after all their drama yeah oh that's sweet yes so then in February 2012, Maxie's best friend and cousin, Robin, dies in a fire caused by her carelessness while Robin was working. Now, if I remember correctly, Kirsten was the one who left the Bunsen burner on, but Jen Lilly is the one who played it out, right? Right. I'm pretty sure that that's how it went. Okay. And, but it wasn't like she left it on. Her purse strap caught it. Right. Which can happen. I mean, it, exactly. I mean, obviously, you're not normally hanging out in a lab and that happens, but it was not... Like she was mixing something or playing with it. And just left it on. Right. She didn't realize that it caught it. Yeah. Mac was planning on telling her, but then asked Spinelli, who at the time moved out soon after, was living with her to tell her about Robin. Maxie, shocked, says he's lying because he's mad that she asked him to leave. When Spinelli shows Maxie the news online, she learns that it's true and starts to scream and cry. In the end, she hugs Spinelli. When Maxie learns that her carelessness played a role in the setting off of the lab explosion, she is devastated and blames herself. No kidding. Right. Wanting to punish herself for Robin's death, she confesses to murdering Lisa and first mate Briggs. Maxie's friends and family tried to convince her to take back her confession but she is relentless in punishing herself and having no other option. She really is her own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. They are forced to sit back and watch as Maxie went to trial with Alexis Davis as her defense. In May 2012, Maxie was sentenced to 20 years in prison without parole for the murder of Lisa Niles and first mate Briggs. Maxie takes the sentence as punishment for Robin's death, even though she confesses to Spinelli that it was actually Matt who murdered Lisa and she could. she is doing this to protect Patrick and Emma from losing any more family. Against Maxie's wishes, Spinelli then comes forward with information and tells the court that 
It was Matt and not Maxie that killed Lisa in order to get her out of jail. Maxie is hurt by this and vows to never forgive Spinelli. Maxie is then released from prison, but not under the but only under the condition that she sign an affidavit, which would make her testify against Matt in exchange for her freedom. To get around this affidavit, Maxie marries Matt so that she does not have to testify against him. Matt, however, cannot live with what he did on his conscience and remembers that night's events in full, and he leaves Maxie on their uneventful wedding night to turn himself in. After Matt turns himself in, Maxie refuses to get a divorce, and despite more pleas from concerned friends and loved ones such as Spinelli, she devotes herself to waiting patiently for her husband's release. Lulu helps Maxie adjust to her spouse's absence. Maxie forms a quick relationship, a quick friendship with Patrick and helps him care for Emma and Robin's absence. I'm glad that never went anywhere because that would have been weird. Yeah, totally weird. On July 4th, 2012, Maxie discovers that Patrick is addicted to prescription pills, which he had been taking to get high so that he can cope with the death of Robin. That was so sad. That was. Yeah. On the night of the op- on the night of the opening of the Haunted Star Club, which Lulu co-owns with Johnny Zakara, Maxie and Lulu follow a drugged Patrick who is having hallucinations of Robin and still high on pills, even though although he believed he had stopped. Lulu later confides in Maxie that Patrick called her Robin and then kissed her. Maxie then realizes that Pat- Patrick is taking the pills to cope with the loss of his wife, and together she and Lulu convince Patrick to check himself into General Hospital to be treated for his drug use. Maxie tells Spinelli that they were only friends and she feels like she had something more with Matt. Spinelli then reiterates that for years, he was Maxie's devoted and loyal companion and gave her unconditional love and support, and she writes him off when he was trying to help her. Now he's done with her and refuses to be her friend anymore. Spinelli avoids her, turning the other way when he sees her in the same room as him. She begs him to at least talk to her so they can work on being friends again. But Spinelli refuses, saying he has an unbearable pain to deal with whenever he's around, whenever she's around, and he needs to find a way to get past that before he can be her friend again. Meanwhile, Lulu believes she's pregnant, and Maxie helps her out when she needs a pregnancy test. Though it's later proven that Lulu isn't pregnant, she tells Maxie how she and Dante want to become parents soon, and Maxie offers her full support. Meanwhile, Spinelli starts dating lab technician named Ellie Trout, who needs to come back, (laughs) (laughs) whose quirky sense of humor and intelligence are similar to Spinelli's own personality and starkly different from Maxie's own debonair style and fashionable personality. Maxie is a little upset about this, but doesn't think much of it. However, when her mom comes back to town and explains how Mac was always her one true love and not Frisco. uh, I don't agree with that. No. (laughs) Loved at different times. Yes. Right. But there is different ways. Yeah. Right. One was based on attraction and lust and one was based on friendship, but they still both led to love. Yeah. Frisco. Right. They both led to love. Absolutely. And they could have had a long lasting relationship if he didn't run off every other day. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, mm -mm. I don't like that. Okay. Anyway, Maxie comes to realize that Spinelli is her Mac and she loves him very much. She tries to tell Spinelli this, but is unable to because he spends most of his time with Ellie and she tells Lulu that she's worried she'll never get to tell Spinelli about her change of heart. To make a point, Maxie gets divorced from Matt, hoping to change Spinelli's mind. However, Spinelli doesn't react the way that she hopes. Maxie eventually moves in with Ellie, hoping to get a chance to talk to Spinelli when he visits Ellie. Eventually she does. And we talked all about this when we talked about Ellie Trout. So just go back and you'll understand why. Eventually she does and tells Spinelli that she's in love with him. Spinelli is shocked and upset, believing that Maxie is just saying it because now he's with Ellie and is unreachable and she always goes for what she can't have. Partially true. Mm -hmm. Maxie insists that she has changed and is not the same person she once was. Also true. Mm -hmm. She asks Spinelli for a second chance, but he can't but he tells her he can't wait for her anymore and is choosing to be with Ellie. Maxie is heartbroken by his choice, but decides she needs to accept it. 
To preoccupy herself, Maxie spends time with Lulu and finds out she and Dante are looking into surrogacy because Lulu can't carry a baby and they're not able to adopt. That sentence is a little misleading. They're not able to adopt because Lulu lied about stuff. Right. But go ahead. Maxie then offers to be a surrogate for Lulu and Dante when they don't have any luck in finding a suitable surrogate to carry their baby. Lulu is doubtful about this initially, but after having no luck with any candidates, she takes Maxie up on her offer. Lulu and Dante are about to have their embryos frozen and one is implanted. Wow. Lulu and Dante are able to have their embryos frozen and one is implanted into Maxie. On Christmas Eve, she starts to feel sick and calls Spinelli, who brings her to the hospital. Dante and Lulu arrive and Maxie gives them the happy news that she is pregnant. Meanwhile, Maxie finds out Ellie broke up with Spinelli on Christmas Eve for leaving her alone on their date when he went to help Maxie. Spinelli has asked Ellie to meet him for New Year's Eve in order to give him a second chance, but Ellie doesn't want to. Maxie, though, convinces her to because she knows Ellie misses Spinelli a lot. After she leaves, Maxie ends up getting an unwelcome visitor in the form of a lost puppy. In her attempt to get the puppy out of the apartment, Maxie trips and falls and feels a twinge of pain in her stomach. She goes to the hospital to check to see if the baby's okay, and Maxie finds out that she has miscarried. She's disappointed in herself for not being able to help Dante and Lulu. Hmm. I know. That is sad. And that was New Year's Eve 2012. Right. Yes. That was when I was having Madeline. Madeline was a month old. That's when we met. We became friends that year. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Maxie goes to the hospital rooftop where she finds Spinelli drunk Next year's our 10-year anniversary. Oh, we should do like a girl's trip or something. We should. Okay. <laughs> Get back to Maxie. <laughs> we are such dorks. <laughs> I just had my 10-year with my husband. Now I can have my 10-year with you. Yay. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know that I cannot do his gifts though. Damn. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Maxie goes to the hospital rooftop where she finds Spinelli drunk and upset. Ellie never showed up for their date and Spinelli believes that Ellie has broken up with him for good. Maxie, upset herself, sits with Spinelli and later ends up taking him back to her place where they sleep together on New Year's Eve night. Which was also like totally not happening because if you just suffered Mm -mm. a miscarriage you are not hooking up with someone but okay nope the next day spinelli thinks that maybe them together is a sign that he was meant to be with maxi all along maxi is hopeful until spinelli finds a voice message left for him saying ellie was hit by a car the night before and is at general hospital recovering he rushes to her bedside while maxi waits for dante and lulu to come over so she can tell them about the miscarriage. She's unable to, though, because Lulu leaves when she finds out her father, Luke Spencer, is in trouble. Maxie goes back to the hospital and asks her OBGYN, Dr. J- Dr. Britt Westbourne, to see if she can implant another of Dante and Lulu's embryos so they won't have to find out that she miscarried. Maxie then talks to Spinelli and finds out that he wants to be with Ellie and not her. Afterwards, she finds out that Britt can't implant her because Maxie is already pregnant. Does that work that fast, too? Because I feel like it does I don't no, I don't think that it does because this makes it sound like it was like one day after the next. Right. It doesn't take a couple of days to implant. That doesn't happen like instantly. I think this was a couple of weeks. Was it a couple of weeks? Okay, I hope I so think because so. they're like really rushing time, if not. Well, we talked about that with how was um we talked about the baby thing, like how did Rocco come about and everything. So there was it was weeks. Okay, as long as it was weeks. So I'm like, wow, Brit's all the really, baby swapping is what we talked about. Brit's really on top of knowing what's going on. So anyway, um, she soon realizes she's pregnant with Spinelli's child. Well, I mean, that was the only option. So okay, Maxie does try to tell Spinelli, but she finds out that Ellie can walk again. And she sees how happy he is, so she decides against telling him. 
I'm not sure why she still wouldn't tell him because that would have changed everything, I feel like. But whatever. That's why she didn't tell him because he was happy with Ellie and she didn't want to ruin that for him because she never thought that she was good enough for him. Mm. Yeah. But now that we never see Ellie, I definitely think that they should well, be together. Yes. Maxie then decides that she's going to let Dante and Lulu believe the child she's carrying is theirs and let them raise her child as their own. She then finds out that Spinelli told Ellie about their one night stand and that she forgave him and is furious. Maxie's furious that he told her. Then Lulu overhears that they slept together and goes off on Maxie, but she eventually forgives Maxie for her, in her indiscretion. Maxie ends up in trouble when her OB, Dr. Britt Westbourne, blackmails Maxie using her secret against her. Britt has just been dumped by Patrick. Bitter and resentful, she forces Maxie to help her sabotage the career of nursing student Sabrina Santiago. I love Sabrina. Mm -hmm. Who has a crush on Patrick and who Britt blames for their breakup with Patrick. Maxie later finds out that Britt was mean to Emma and Patrick found out and left her. Wanting to keep her secret, Maxie agrees to switch out medication bottles to make it look like Sabrina gave a patient the wrong medication that led to his death. Maxie is immediately guilt-stricken and upset at being forced to hurt Sabrina. Fortunately, though, her father Frisco finally comes to town and she confides the truth to him about her baby and Britt. Frisco gets Britt to back off Maxie and Sabrina is allowed to stay in the nursing program and complete her studies. So this would have been April because he came back for the 50th anniversary of General Hospital. Ah. So yeah, definitely a couple weeks. There you go. That makes sense. Patrick and Sabrina resurrect the nurse's brawl. Ner Ma I cannot talk. The nurse's <laughs> brawl. He should not be drinking wine. You've had three It doesn't matter. Apparently it's very much affecting me. Patrick and Sabrina resurrect the nurse's ball to honor Robin's memory. Maxie attends with her family and finds out that Frisco wants Felicia back, but Felicia has renewed her romance with Mac. Can we just mention that he sang at the nurse's ball, All I Need? Mm -hmm. And that was the best. It was the best. At the nurse's ball, things come to a head when Frisco asks Felicia to marry him. Felicia declines and tells Frisco that Mac is the man she wants to be with. Frisco walks out hurt, intending to leave Port Charles. Maxie follows him, wanting him to stick around for her sake. He doesn't, because he never does. Maxie is hurt when her father walks out on her again. She confides that he was able to keep the secret about the baby from coming out. Unknown to Maxie, Ellie overhears this conversation and wonders what secret Maxie is hiding. Have we asked why Maxie hasn't talked to her dad about this stuff with Louise? Because he would have totally helped her. Right. And they have been in contact with him in some ways because of all the Sean stuff, right? Right. So why would that have not come up? But if you are the daughter of mm -hmm. an international right? spy guy... <laughs> I was going to say international man of mystery, but that is Austin Bowers. <laughs> international spy guy. I need a shirt that says that. Oh my gosh. With Frisco's hair as the outline. There you go. I'm not sure why but, she hasn't. I mean, if you come from a family. Right, I would uh, think even Felicia would have turned to him and been right. like, hey, our kid's in trouble. Why don't you help her out? Her baby Well, now that gray. she knows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Lulu disappears and Dante leaves to rescue her. When Lulu comes back, she has no memory of her family or friends. Maxie is worried about handing her child over in case Lulu doesn't get her memory back and ends up splitting from Dante. She starts thinking about raising her own child during this time. Later on, though, Lulu recovers her memory and Maxie is thrilled. However, Ellie finds out soon after about Maxie's miscarriage by snooping through her medical records, which mm -hmm. is not allowed. She also realizes that Maxie is carrying Spinelli's baby and tries to tell him. Maxie stops her, though, by convincing her that Spinelli might leave her if he knows the truth. Which, I'm not sure how Spinelli and Ellie got through that. Yeah. 
Because I don't feel like Spinelli would just be forgiving that you knew that I was having a kid and didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Maxie goes into labor after Mac and Felicia's wedding ceremony. At the hospital, the doctor says the baby is in distress and Maxie starts thinking the baby has a heart problem like she does. Lulu, Lulu reminds her, though, that the baby isn't hers. Maxie tries to tell Dante, Lulu, and Spinelli the truth, but the doctor comes in and says that Maxie needs to have an emergency C-section in order to save the baby. Maxie gives birth to her daughter with Lulu next to her. Together, they cut the umbilical cord as Dante and Spinelli watch from the observation window. After Lulu leaves, Maxie starts hemorrhaging and her fate is left in limbo. She gets a visit from Georgie and explains how she's thinking about dying because everyone would be better off. Georgie brings her outside the room to show Maxie that she's wrong. Ellie is getting ready to tell Spinelli the truth and her parents are worried about losing their older daughter as well. Maxie decides to stick around to face the music and recover. I wonder if it, that's what it's really like whenever you're like on the verge of death. I guess I'll stick around. Okay, thank you. Well, according to Grey's Anatomy, you have to encounter every single person you <laughs> ever said ever goodbye been. to. <laughs> Dragging on a little. Thank you, General Hospital, for not doing that. Oh my gosh, yes. People complained about Julian having Duke and. Right, right. But Gray is my gosh. It was really every person she ever met. When Maxie wakes up, she insists that the baby is hers and Spinelli's, but Mac and Felicia believe she is delirious from the drugs she was given. Maxie wakes up and goes to visit her daughter. Spinelli, though, comes in and brings Maxie back to her room before she can breastfeed the baby. He reveals that he knows the truth and shows how betrayed he feels. However, he agrees to keep the secret because he doesn't want to hurt Dante and Lulu, which is Maxie's reasoning. Dante and Lulu come to Maxie's room and say how they're concerned Maxie is too attached to their daughter and wants her to stay away. Maxie is not willing to accept that and agrees to go to counseling so they won't stop her from seeing the baby whom Dante and Lulu named Connie. That was I felt like that was weird to name her Connie. Dante was not that close to Connie. But his mom was. But he wasn't. But eh. he loves his mom. I know, but I just felt like that was maybe a middle name, but not the first name. True. I just felt like that was a lot, even back then. Dante and Lulu ask Maxie and Spinelli to be the godparents of their own daughter. After the christening, Brad Cooper tells Dante and Lulu the truth about the baby. Maxie tries to lie, but has no choice but to tell them that what Brad said is true. The Falconaries are crushed and want to know what happened, so Maxie tells them. Lulu also slaps Maxie and then leaves with Dante. Maxie and Spinelli talk about how they don't think that Dante and Lulu will want to raise a child that isn't theirs. Later on, Maxie and Spinelli decide that they want their daughter, but at the same time, Dante and Lulu decide that they want to keep the baby. The four of them meet up to discuss the baby. Both sets of parents have a different idea. The Falconaries want Maxie and Spinelli to give up their parental rights, but Spinelli and Maxie say they want their daughter. Lulu says she's taking them to court to get custody of Connie, leaving Maxie and Spinelli shocked. Later, they call Diane Miller for help, while Dante and Lulu call Alexis. In court, both Maxie and Lulu reveal each other's dirty secrets, painting each other as unfit. Lulu has Alexis accuse Maxie of murdering her cousin Robin because of the time everyone believed Robin was dead and that Maxie had played a part in it. After that, Maxie has Diane bring up the fact that Lulu was the real murderer in the custody hearing. She killed Logan Hayes and had an abortion. Maxie also has Diane ask Lulu about the fact that she was planning to run away with Connie, a fact that Lulu blurted out to Maxie in a moment of anger. Lulu claims Maxie's lying, which she wasn't. After everyone testifies, the judge adjourns to make his decision, but soon, com- soon comes back with his decision. 
Maxie loses custody of baby Connie as the judge declares her unfit to be a mother. Instead, he gives Spinelli sole custody of the baby. Maxie can't go within 20 feet of her daughter for a period of six months. Maxie tries to violate the court order by showing up at Spinelli's doorstep on the pretext of giving a gift for Connie, but wanting to be able to spend time with her daughter. Spinelli, though, refuses and is adamant Maxie leaves because if he lets her near Connie, Maxie will be sent to jail and Spinelli will have Connie taken away from him. Maxie refuses, though, to stay away from her daughter, but Spinelli shuts the door in Maxie's face and she walks away dejected. That was like the worst sentence. I know we've talked about this like a yeah. hundred times, but every time I hear it, it makes me so mad. It's hard. I just, I don't even think that that would ever, I can't even imagine what you would have to do for that to be the sentence. Like not even yeah. supervised visits. Come on. Maxie goes to Georgie's grave and reveals that she's depressed over not being able to see her daughter and is planning to swallow enough pills to commit suicide. Before she can though, Robin shows up and Maxie thinks she's a ghost like Georgie trying to stop her from killing herself. Robin, however, slaps her and Maxie realizes Robin is alive and they are in person. Robin reveals her death was staged and she was held in captivity for the last two years. Robin convinces her not to swallow the pills and Maxie decides to stay with Robin. Spinelli later tells Maxie that Ellie got a job offer in Portland that she wants to take and Spinelli wants to go with her. Maxie encourages him to go and take Connie so that she won't be tempted to violate the judge's ruling. Eventually, Spinelli decides to move to Portland, but before he leaves, he comes to Maxie's place and allows her to say goodbye to their daughter. Maxie and Spinelli agree to rename their daughter Georgie and say goodbye. Soon after, she calls her parents and Robin over and reveals that she has decided to leave Port Charles for a journey of self-discovery. She stops by Lulu's place and apologizes for all the pain she caused her. Lulu isn't ready to forgive her just yet, and Maxie understands, saying she hopes to return someday better who Lulu will forget. Later on, Maxie packs up her things, and then she starts getting ready to leave. Nathan West... <clears throat> Shows up I remember at, that day. Yeah, shows up at her apartment and tells her that he is there to sublet it while she is away. Maxie and Nathan share a brief discussion about making a fresh start in the new year and past mistakes before she leaves for her eat, pray, love journey. Maxie returns home on April 8th with her boyfriend Levi ugh, and is greeted by Nathan. A few days later, Maxie meets Rocco and makes up with Dante and Lulu. In May, Maxie goes to the nurse's ball and leave with Levi and does a number with Lulu and others. Maxie gets a court order regarding her daughter, but decided not to go because she has come to terms with not seeing baby Georgie. She later changes her mind and decides to fight for her daughter. When Maxie goes to the judge to request another hearing, the judge denies it and says that she can't be trusted with an appointment, let alone a child. So he adds six months to the custody ban. But Nathan lies to the judge and says that he threw Maxie's custody hearing summons away. So the judge gives her another chance. Again, super harsh, but okay. Mm -hmm. Maxie and Levi get into a huge fight about Georgie and about him not caring about Gabriel's death. After their fight, she runs into Nathan and they talk about their bad day. They go to the floating rib and talk some more about Rick and her fight with Levi. And <laughs> just read it. Just read it. <laughs> She was with, with Levi. Levi. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they go to the floating room and talk more about Rick and her fight with Levi. <laughs> and then she, I can't say it. Oh my 
much time. <laughs> I really just spit wine. <laughs> and then she eats me. <laughs> They were doing when they were. Oh, they definitely did. I still can't say that. <sighs> they go to the floating rib and talk some more about Rick and her fight with Levi. <laughs> I can't. I can't say <laughs> And she eats Nathan's meat. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> Someone's making tea. Maxie goes to see Patrick and comfort him after his son died. Later on, Maxie sees Levi punch Nathan, and then she goes to Gabriel's funeral. And Gabriel is Patrick's son who passed away. That's what they were referencing Right, before. with Sabrina. Yep. Yeah. Maxie finds out that her custody hearing was moved up because the judge found out that Nathan lied. Nathan told the judge that he didn't lie, so the judge asks him to testify under oath. But before he can, Maxie stops him and admits that he lied for her. This caused Maxie to be denied custody and visitation rights for another six months, which devastates her. She later goes to see Lulu, who comforts her. While she is there, she gets to hold Rocco. After that, she goes home looking for Nathan, but finds Levi. Levi tells her that Nathan accused him of sabotaging the custody hearing, which he did. And Maxie lays into Nathan when he gets home. A couple of days later, Levi talks Maxie into protesting the waterfront renovations which ends in Levi getting arrested for trespassing and Maxie getting handcuffed to Nathan. On July 3rd, the 4th of July show, my favorite because there's fireworks, Maxie and Nathan walk home, but along the way they fight and watch the fireworks. Aww. The next morning, Nathan and Maxie wake up together on the couch, still handcuffed after a long night of looking for the key. They end up having a moment, but Levi walks in and interrupts. Later on, Levi finds the key and Nathan unlocks the cuffs. Maxie gets a visit from Lulu when she tells her that if she seems like she has feelings for Nathan, which Maxie explicitly denies. Lulu tells her not to beat herself up for being attracted to a tall, dark, and handsome, which leaves Maxie pondering. The next day, someone from ICE comes to get Levi because someone called immigration. Maxie accuses Nathan of calling immigration, but Nathan says that he told Dante and Mac had said something about wanting Levi deported so she confronts them and finds the number on Nathan's phone and kicks him out of the apartment. Maxie suggests that she and Levi get married and he agrees. She asks Lulu to be her matron of honor and is hesitant. She is hesitant at first, but eventually agrees. I hate Levi. I hated Levi that whole time. He, but was, he was really creepy. He was yeah, he creepy, did a good though. Like, he was of, really yes, good. Yes, the acting was on point for Absolutely. how creepy he was. He was like pre-Shiloh. Like, it yes. would not have surprised me if he had been a cult leader. Mm -hmm. I was expecting him to be. Oh, they should have, like, put those together and mm. had him be part of the cult. That was like, yes. Looped back. Because been then like, they could have taken it back to Levi's dad. Yes. And, like, all of that. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It had been so good. Yes. They should keep that door open somehow. In August, Maxie is getting ready for her wedding when Mac walks in and tells her that Nathan has feelings for her. 
Later on, Lulu goes to see Maxie and she asks her how she feels about Nathan and she says that she has no feelings for Nathan. When Lulu tells Maxie to look her in the eyes and say that she has no feelings for Nathan, she says, I don't have feelings for Levi. Maxie says she made a mistake and meant to say Nathan. Maxie starts having doubts. so She goes to see Levi, but he is already waiting for her at the altar. Maxie walks down the aisle anyway and is about to say I do when she has second thoughts, but Levi talks to her and makes her change her mind. They get back to the ceremony and Maxie says I do. However, just as they're about to be pronounced man and wife, Nathan walks in and says that Levi is under arrest. Nathan tells Maxie that Levi is a con man and then Levi puts a gun on Maxie. She and Lulu are both kidnapped by Levi and his accomplice the so-called ICE agent Jeffrey Scriber, but Nathan promises her that he will find her. Later on, it is revealed that Maxie, along with Lulu, were forced onto a boat at gunpoint and taken to a cabin in the woods. While being forced onto the boat, Maxie talks the whole time, saying that she has friends down at the PCPD and that she wasn't his, Levi's wife. Levi and Scribner also sunk the boat to make it look like the girls had drowned. When they get inside the cabin, Maxie and Lulu talk about how the men are going to find them and blow Levi and Scribner's heads off. Maxie is later seen getting out of the knots that she was in and freaking out when she doesn't know where Lulu is. Levi puts his gun on a box and she tries to reach it, but she can't. When Lulu finally comes back, she sees the gun and grabs it. She points it at the men, but she can't shoot because Levi pulls the gun on Maxie again and threatens to kill her, so she puts it down. When the two women are tied up again, they talk about how they will get out of this because they are strong and they both have children to go back to. Maxie brings up the fact that it's Georgie's birthday mm. and she should be there with her. Later, Maxie tells Levi that he was no good. <clears throat> so she misses all her kids' birthdays. <laughs> I wasn't I mean, going to say it, but you realized it. Yep. Her, her fault. Sorry. Later, Maxie tells Levi that he was no good in the sack and that she never had any fun. This is like the craziest <laughs> recap we've ever read. The girls try to convince the men to let them go, but it turns out Levi has no intention of letting them go. It is revealed that Levi shot Scribner and took the girls to his house. The next morning, Maxie is tied to a chair when Levi walks in with breakfast. When her gag is removed, she starts screaming for help, but no one hears her. She and Lulu find out the reason they were taking was personal. Taken was personal. They continue to wreak havoc for Levi. Maxie tries to get him to let Lulu go, but they find out that Lulu is part of it as well. Maxie and Lulu continue to get on Levi's nerves, so he throws his phone at her cup. Levi starts to insult Felicia, and Maxie wants to know why. Levi says that Felicia screws everyone over when it comes to Frisco. Maxie continues to question him and gets so angry that he leaves the house without his phone. When Lulu notices the phone on the floor, Maxie tries to pick it up with her feet, but she can't. It is revealed that Mac insisted one summer that she and her sister Georgie go to a soccer camp, so she uses that to kick the phone in the air, and it lands right on Lulu's lap. Wow, that was a random fact. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> how she, let alone, I don't know about you, don't you find after, at least for me, by being pregnant, I can pick up a large amount of things with my feet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it is a skill that comes with pregnancy, mm -hmm. is your feet become, is that de dexterity? Your feet dexterity? Uh, sure. I mean, I know they get bigger as you get pregnant, but the joints just mean, like, like loosen up. So, but yeah, I, mean, I picked up everything with my toes because I couldn't bend over. So, I mean, it's just a mom thing. I don't yeah. know if it's actually something that changes in your body. You should I get know. a little more creative. Lulu is then able to call Dante. Nathan is there and asks if Maxie is there, and she says yes and that she's fine. 
The girls try to explain where they are while the guys trace the call. They also find out Levi's real identity and the reason for kidnapping them. Sadly, Levi catches them and ends the call. Maxie then starts in on how they know that he is really Peter Harold Jr. And he explains that he wants revenge and that what goes around comes around. Maxie tells Lulu that Nathan's showing up on her doorstep the night she was leaving, all kind and shy and gorgeous, was her cosmic message. She admits that Nathan is the hottest guy she has ever met. Mm -hmm. She explains that Nathan wanted her to stay with him because he didn't know anyone in Port Charles and they could have helped each other. When Levi interrupts and tells them to pipe down, Lulu tells him to shut up because Maxie is having a moment of clarity. Afterwards, Levi tells Maxie and Lulu that he has something entirely different in store for Lulu as payback. As Levi is about to take the girls again, Nathan and Dante show up with backup. So Nathan and Dante try to negotiate with Levi, who is using Lulu as a human shield while Maxie is still tied to the chair. Nathan is able to move so he can see Maxie and mouths to her that he's coming and goes around to the back entrance. But before he can do anything, Dante shoots Levi. I actually remember that. Maxie is then freed from the ropes and asks where Nathan is. Nathan is still outside when gas starts to fill the room and everyone passes out. It turns out that Victor Cassadine is behind this. And Nathan is outside when Victor starts talking about how someone is missing and he tells Nathan to come out or he will kill Maxie. Nathan comes in, puts down his gun and checks on a sedated Maxie. Maxie is later seen chained to a pole calling out for help. Nathan answers and then tries to get her, but he can't. Maxie finally gets to see Nathan when the guys bring him in and chain him up as well. When Maxie and Nathan are alone, they talk about everything that has happened and she tells him she wasn't going to go through with the wedding because of him. He says that Mac told her about his feelings for her and he confirms what Mac said is true. Aww. When he asks if she has feelings for him, she says she can't answer that because she doesn't trust her judgment. Been there. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Maxie and Nathan decide to focus on getting out and getting help. Good call. Mm -hmm. Nathan is able to get a paper clip and unlock Maxie's handcuffs, but she breaks it before she, she can unlock his. Typical Maxie. Mm -hmm. She decides to get help on her own, much to Nathan's dislike, but promises him that she will be safe and she will come back to him. Maxie is later seen sneaking around the clinic and ends up in a patient's room and asks for help. The patient then says her mother's name and grabs her wrist. When she is about to leave, she runs into Peter. Not Peter now. Right. This is what we're talking about with them needing a book. We're just going to say Levi. There you go. Even though his real name was Peter. Right. Levi. She runs into Levi. He then manhandles Maxie, telling her that she's not going anywhere. Levi then introduces her to his father, the man in the bed. And then Levi Sr. says it's time for Maxie to die. He then says he will kill Maxie even if he is too weak. She gets... She tries to get Levi Jr. to stop his father from killing her, but he won't. Levi gets up and pulls out a special dagger to kill her with. Maxie is about to be stabbed by him when Nathan arrives and he shoots him in the back, killing him. Nathan checks on Maxie and the two hug for the first time. I mean, she's already eaten his meat and been tied up with him. It's about time they hug. <laughs> Nathan and Maxie are about to leave when Levi attacks Nathan and they start fighting. Levi gets the upper hand and is about to shoot Nathan when Maxie stabs him in the back, killing them killing him. Then Nathan and Maxie share their first kiss. They continue to kiss and then pull away. That is kind of gross to be so passionate over a guy you just killed. Whether or not he deserved it. Mm, I don't that's know. a little Nathan's pretty hot. True. But I mean, afterwards, Nathan teaches Maxie how to handle a gun and then they leave, you know, shooting lessons. Then you go. Nathan and Maxie then end up in a room with two unconscious guys and they hear noise that they find out is going off because the building is about to self-destruct. 
Nathan and Maxie find Dante and Lulu, and while they're finding their way out, run into Anna and Obrek. Maxie and everyone else heads for the door, but it's locked as well as but it's locked as well. So they all agree to shoot at the door in order to break the lock. Nathan and Dante kick up kick the door open, and everyone is free. But not long after, the clinic blows up. So there you are. There's Crichton Clark blowing up. Okay. Because <clears throat> that was that whole scene where they all did the perfect shot and you're like, really? They yeah. haven't handled guns before, but yet it's lined up perfectly. Right. Later on, Maxie arrives at the PCPD and reunited with her parents. She gives Felicia the dagger and explains that Levi Sr. was going to kill her with it, but Nathan saved her and that she saved Nathan by killing Levi. She also tells them that Nathan came right out and told her about his feelings for her. She goes on to tell them that Nathan deserves someone who trusts her judgment. Mac asks, asks if that's it. There's no hope for Maxie, but there's no hope. But Maxie says she wouldn't go that far and then thinks about the kiss. Swoon. <laughs> After she finishes talking to her parents, Maxie runs into Nathan and tells him that her parents were insisting that she stay at their house tonight, but that he is welcome to stay at the apartment to which he says he might take her up on that offer. Then Maxie says it's going to be weird not being around him after having been locked up with him for so long. And he says that maybe they better come off that gradually, like come off from being locked up. Right. Not Still just immediately move together. in together. Yeah. yeah. Nathan asks Maxie, Maxie to go to dinner with him and she says yes. Of course. Who would they know? Maxie is seen at the Brownstone wanting to apologize to Michael, Morgan, and Kiki. Morgan is the only one there, so she apologizes and then asks him for advice on if she should go on a date with Nathan. She explains that Nathan told her that she has he has feelings for her and she's confused about her feelings, but she wasn't confused when he kissed her. <laughs> Morgan tells her that the worst days Aww. the worst days when you are in love are better than the best days when you're not. Aw, Morgan is so sweet. Yeah, Morgan also says that she probably knows a lot more than she's le leading on and she needs to make the decision herself. Afterwards, Maxie runs into Nathan outside the commissioner's office. Nathan says that he was just thinking of her and she says, same here. <laughs> he asks her if there's date is still on and she says that she's here to give him an answer in person. She tells him that she can't go out with him at all because she needs to be alone. So he gives her a proposition. He will be at the Metro Court and she shows up great. If not, that's okay. Later on, she tells Lulu about the date and Lulu tells her to go. When she shows up just as Nathan is about to leave, their date goes well until Judge Walters interrupts and tells them that if Maxie wants to see her daughter again, she can no longer see Nathan. Right? Nathan and Maxie part ways later on. A few days later, Maxie confides in Lulu about the disaster that her and Nathan's date turned into. Later, Maxie runs to Nathan at the gym and they talk about Obrecht and then they part ways again. I think at this time he didn't know that Obrecht was his mom. Right. Maxie is seen later helping to plan Carly and Franco's wedding with Lucas and Bobby. She also talks to Lucas about her and Nathan. Then she and Lucas carry Joss, who is in her corn costume, <laughs> out of the run. But so then she and Lucas wind up taking Joss, who's in her corn costume, to Windermere for Beggar's Night and to see Spencer. And while there, Maxie tells Lucas about how much she misses Nathan. She then goes to Kelly's where she sees Nathan and Diane. She then leaves to find out that Diane can't help her and Nathan because they had gone and been like, right. how can the judge say that we cannot see each other? Right. A few days later, Maxie is at Carly's texting Nathan and she talks about, and she talks to Lucas about Nathan and Georgie. Maxie and Lucas also talk about Brad and then Franco shows up to collect his things. Maxie and Franco exchange heated words and then he leaves. In December, Maxie is seen at Kelly's preparing for her custody hearing and worrying about Nathan. Lulu shows up and they talk about their men being at Pentonville. Why was Dante at what? They continue talking about Nathan and they talk about Georgie. After Lulu leaves Maxie, after Lulu leaves, Maxie continues to worry about Nathan. 
Patrick arrives and Maxie and him chat about Maxie's custody hearing. Lulu later calls Maxie, calls to tell Maxie Nathan has been shot by a gunman who is holding Sam Morgan hostage. Maxie runs to get her things and rushes off to the hospital with Patrick behind her. Maxie arrives at the hospital and barges into Nathan's cubicle with Obrecht behind her. She holds Nathan's hand and asks him if he's okay. Nathan tells her that he's fine and he has to go and that she has to go. Maxie says she's not going anywhere. Maybe she did know, at the, maybe he did know at this point that Obrecht was his mom. Because why was Obrecht with Maxie then? Right. I can't remember when exactly. We'll have to do all. Oh geez, my God. We'll have to Obrecht. do yeah. And she hasn't even been on that long. Right. Later, Maxie delivers flowers to Nathan from Brit. Yeah. She would have had to have known. Right. Well, no, because worst case, they were cousins. Mm-hmm. So they always knew they were related, just didn't right. know they were. Okay. There, a nurse almost catches them making out. On December 16th, Maxie is at the courthouse thinking about how Judge Walter said she is not fit to be a mother. Later, Nathan and Maxie are FaceTiming each other and Lulu shows up. Nathan wishes Maxie good luck. Maxie gets a call from Dante telling Maxie she cannot... Yep. Maxie later gets a call from Diane telling Maxie she cannot make it to the hearing because she was caught up at another trial. Maxie starts to panic, but Alexis Davis comes to her rescue and tells her she'll be filling in for Diane. Later, Judge Walters arrives and the hearing starts. Judge Walters says that Maxie has met every requirement to see her daughter, except he says that he has warned Maxie to stay away from Detective Nathan West, which she has failed to do. Maxie says she doesn't know what he's talking about. Judge Walters says he saw them together at the hospital when he was picking up Monica Quartermain for lunch. Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. Yes. But Maxie says she was volunteering and it was coincidence that she was in Nathan's room. Walters also refers to the time where Maxie and Nathan were spotted at the gym together and calls guard Jamie Callahan to confirm which she does. Um, a public gym. Right. Exactly. Craziness. He also refers to the time they were spotted at Kelly's together. Okay. I can't help you there, girl. <laughs> Judge Walters denies Maxie visitation for the third so time. So ridiculous. Yes. Alexis says she's going to appeal. Later, an upset Maxie visits Nathan and tells him Walters denied her visitation because he saw them together. Nathan later comforts Maxie and promises her that she will see Georgie in time for Christmas. Aw, I know. Later on, Maxie shows up to visit Nathan again. They play Connect Four, but Nathan is distracted because it was the day of Nina's hearing. He later gets a call from Alexis saying that Nina avoided Pentonville and Judge Walters called her with news regarding Georgie. Maxie thinks it's something negative when, and says Walters probably added another six months for vis- visitation, but Nathan convinces her to go to the courthouse and they kiss. Maxie heads off to the courthouse and there Alexis tells her the judge reversed his decision and Maxie gets to see her daughter. An overjoyed Maxie rushes to the hospital to tell Nathan the good news. Nathan is happy for her. Maxie wonders if Nathan had anything to do with it, but he denies it. Later on, Nathan and Maxie exchange Christmas gifts early because she is going to be in Portland for Christmas. Maxie gives Nathan a floating rib card, you know. (laughs) To pay back all that meat. (laughs) And Nathan gives her these expensive shoes that she's been wanting since the spring. Maxie is pleasantly surprised and tells Nathan that these must have cost him a fortune. Nathan says he's been saving and Lulu helped him track them down. Nathan helps Maxie put on the shoes and she talks about how beautiful they are. Oh, it's like Cinderella. Maxie and Nathan share a Christmas kiss. Nathan tells her she should really get ready to go to Portland and he tells her to be home by New Year's Eve and they can make new memories in 2015. Maxie says it's a date and they kiss again. On December 24th, Maxie is reunited with Spinelli and her daughter. On New Year's Eve in Portland, Maxie discovers her flight has been canceled due to fog. (gasps) 
she calls Nathan and tells him the news and say they will miss each other because this is also the night they met because yes. that's when he showed up at her doorstep. Right. Nathan and Maxie discuss their problems with Lulu and Spinelli. Maxie with Spinelli and Nathan with Lulu. And they talk about how something has always seemed to get in their way from having a relationship. First Levi, then Walters, now Fog. They also talk about how they want a beautiful relationship like the relationship Spinelli has with Ellie and Lulu has with Dante. Nathan and Maxie are both determined to see each other. Nathan later arrives in Portland to find Maxie gone and Maxie arrives in Port Charles to find Nathan gone. That was so cute. It was. Maxie calls Lulu to ask where Nathan is and Lulu tells her that Nathan has gone to Portland to be with her. Nathan asks Spinelli where Maxie is and she says that he says that she is back in Port Charles. When Lulu arrives at the apartment, she asks how Maxie got there. And he said she called in a favor to her father, Frisco, and got picked up from a private airstrip outside of Portland, the same one that Nathan got flown to. Maxie gets a call from Nathan, who tells her that he is going to get a flight and be back in Port Charles by 9 o'clock. Later on, Maxie asks Lulu to help her pick out a dress, and Lulu tells her to wear the blue one. Mm. Maxie arrives at the airport to pick him up, but Nathan's flight has been diverted. Oh my god! And he's at Beecher's Corners. Maxie says she is coming to pick him up, while Nathan says he will take a cab to the apartment. They call it, the call had a bad connection. Nathan arrives at the apartment to find Dante and Lulu eating the ribs they bought for Maxie and his date. Oh. Well, Maxie arrives at Beecher's Corner Airport to find no Nathan. Nathan calls and says that he's in the apartment. Maxie tells him that she can't drive back because they towed her car away. And Nathan tells her to take a cab. That's an expensive drive. Yeah, it is. I mean, if the airport is far enough away that you can safely land. Right. Like, that can't be a cheap cab drive. Right. Maxie later calls to Nathan that her cab broke down. Minutes until midnight, Maxie arrives at the apartment to no, to find no Nathan yet again. And right at that moment, Nathan calls and says he went to pick her up. Maxie tells him the tow truck driver drove her back to her apartment. Maxie said at least they tried. And then someone knocks at the door and Maxie opens it and it's Nathan. <laughs> Maxie hugs him and he says, I guess I wasn't so far away after all. And they kiss. Maxie asks him if this is really real and he is actually there. And he says, it's New Year's Eve. Where else would he be but at her door? And they share a midnight kiss. That was so cute. And I think that's why that's everyone's favorite couple. Like of all of her different men, as much as we love Spinelli, they were just so romantic. They were. Okay. I don't know about you, but I think we're going to have to make this another part because yeah, wow, was a lot we still of have five years to go, <laughs> but it was a lot. I mean, that was really maxi centered. So that was, oh, better. To and have... that's the perfect spot to leave because yes. then we can talk all about Nathan mm. next week and maybe I'll just have to watch some more. Oh, I mean, if Nathan I have with... to more, some more Nathan with his shirt off. I mean, if I have to. Yeah. So, all right. Join us on Monday as we talk about this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there's something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 